When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Monday, it's Maester Class. This is a short form podcast where I wax on academically about a topic that interests me relative to Game of Thrones or House of the Dragon or something along those lines. Sometimes I do take listener emails and pose them to an expert, book at baldmove.com. Sometimes, like today, I just bloviate for five minutes. All right, without further ado, here's me. This is irregular. Uh, Yes, well... I suppose that life is irregular. I was never that interested in Bran. In fact, in Clash of Kings, I would sometimes skip the Bran chapters when I first read it. So, silly move on my part. At the end of Dance, though, Bran's became the most interesting plotline. I just find the entire Weirwood Tree Network revelation and his relationship with Bloodraven to be fascinating. And so, of course, looking back on these brand chapters is rewarding to me because I get to see how Martin is piecing together the magic of the North in real time. And the device that Martin's using to teach this to Bran is through the culture of the Cranagmen. So it's an interesting move because the Cranagmen are south of Winterfell and closer to the Neck but they're being used to tell us something about a reality that is north of the Wall. This should remind us that the Riverlands are home to the God's Eye, one of the most sacred places for adherence to the Old Gods. When I was completing my PhD studies at the University of Durham, which is northern England, I was very familiar with the River Weir. Weir, in this case, is spelled differently than the Weirwood tree, so don't get too excited about that. But both Durham Cathedral and Castle Durham were situated on a high perch that was surrounded on three sides by water. So imagine the river rear winding in a horseshoe formation so that you had a natural defense on three sides. This, of course, is a good place to build a fortress so that you can defend against the approach of your enemy. Also, I'll note that Northern England is home to Lindisfarne. Lindisfarne, of course, is one of the key cradles to Celtic Christianity and, again, has an interesting water defense. It's on a peninsula on the North Sea that, when high tide comes in, is completely surrounded by water. So Lindisfarne becomes an island at certain times of the day. So you can see I'm building two related themes here. One is the connection with Celtic spirituality, upon which the old gods are based, and also Military defense by natural bodies of water. This, of course, brings us back to the Cranig men. What is, you might ask, a Cranig? A Cranig is a circular building 
usually made of wood, on stilts and hovering over a body of water. In other words, it's sort of like an artificially made island. Most of our archaeological evidence for Cranigs come from Ireland and Scotland. I think that there's around 350 in Scotland from the early Iron Age, so 2,500 years ago. And the people who constructed the Cranigs were interested in using the rivers as a natural defense against raiders. What they do is they create wood pillars, and they would pound them into the riverbed, and they would create three concentric circles to create the foundation of basically a round hut. But it was a hut that was big enough to keep a family and livestock, and there was a deck surrounding it with a closed-off railing and a thatched roof. But key to this whole design is that there would be like a dock situation, which would create a bridge to the riverbank. So much like Derm, you can choreograph the approach of your enemies. By the way, if you look at the details of River Run, which is built over a river, it's basically a glorified Cranig, but made of stone. But the archaeology of real-life Cranigs were smaller. So they were like smaller round houses that were hovering above the riverway with a causeway to the bank, all made of wood. And you could imagine that if you put a few of these together in a similar location, you would have something along the lines of a floating village. Of course, it's not floating. These things are driven into the banks of the river. But if you visit these archaeological sites in Scotland, they will use the term floating village. And my guess is that this is where Martin gets the idea of Howland Reed's castle, which is a floating castle. And my guess is because Martin is interested in taking the medieval world and making it into a fantastic landscape, that when we meet the Cranig's castle, it will actually be a floating castle. Probably a lot like a wooden Cranig, but without the stilts. In other words, it's mobile. That is my guess. All right, you might find all of this useful as you're rereading Clash of Kings and we're talking about Howland Reed and River Run and the Old Gods and the like, or you might find this not useful at all. In which case, thank you for hanging around. Class dismissed. <laughs>